You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. I want to talk about stewardship today. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that God in his kindness, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus to encourage your giving in the first place, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Heavenly Father, just bless your word to our hearts today. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. The New Testament has a lot to say about giving and and how we as believers can determine what to give and how to give. Of all the passages that speak about giving in the New, New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and chapter 9 set the foundation for practical application of giving for us today. God calls us to excel in the grace of giving. It is an attitude that God wants us to have every day. First of all, I want to talk about the the principle of stewardship. As Christians, we need to embrace the truth of divine ownership. God owns everything. 
Even we ourselves are God's property. The Bible says we were bought with a price. Bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He owns us. We were slaves to sin. And Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, has cleansed us from every sin. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. In Haggai 2, 8 says, The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Romans 14, 8 says, For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. We belong to him. We also need to understand the principle of dominion. You remember in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. After God created man, he said, let them have dominion over the, all the earth over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. The word dominion comes from the Hebrew word rada, meaning to rule over that which is owned by God. Remember, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We are all stewards of God's resources. And then we want to look at the principle of tithing. The tithe principle is this. He gives to us so we can give back to him one-tenth of all that he has blessed us with. Tithing is, is not Old Testament law. It was included in the law of Moses. But tithing was going on long before the law of Moses. Abraham tithed centuries before Moses' law. Jacob tithed also before the law. In Genesis chapter 28, verse 22, Jacob said, And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. In the law, the tithe was a continuation of the principle already practiced by man before the law was given. This was 400 years after Abraham. The tithe according to the principle established by, God's, by God through Abraham was instituted by God through Moses, enforced by the law of Moses, and reaffirmed by Jesus. This was 1,500 years after Moses received the law that Jesus confirmed it. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, Jesus is speaking, and he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint and dill and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, 
justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. And to fill the law doesn't mean that the law is done away with. It just means that Jesus achieved a fulfillment of the law until God's purpose is achieved. Not one small detail, the Bible says, will disappear. And uh, we are not under the law of Moses today. We're under grace. And sometimes people twist this around for their own greedy desires. Well, if I'm not under grace, that that means I'm not under the law, so that means I don't have to give. Yes, you do. Amen? Grace encompasses the principles set out in the law of Moses. The fact, in fact, Jesus raised the bar a number of times concerning the Old Testament law. Listen to what he says in, concerning the law. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 and 28. You have heard that it has been said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has already committed adultery, with her in his heart. That's raising the bar a lot further than most of us would like it to be. Matthew 5, 38 to 39. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek Turn the other to him also. And if, if you want to know how strong you are in faith and believing the word and, and following the word, just let somebody give you a punch and see what you'll do. <laughs> Matthew 5, 43, 44. You have heard that it was said, you shall, not, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those that hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I think that Jesus raised the bar quite high. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul teaches on financial support to the Lord's work, and he uses commands from Moses' law as a guideline. Now remember now, this is in the New Testament, okay? And Paul is teaching, and, and 1 Corinthians 9 verse 8, he says, doesn't the law say the same thing? He's talking about giving. He says, doesn't the law say the same thing? Then in, in, in verses 13 and 14, he reinforces this teaching, and he says, verse 13, Don't you know 
that those who work in the temple gets their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar. He's talking about the Old Testament, the works of the, in the temple. And then verse 14, he says, In the same way the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Amen? Amen. That means I'll get paid again next week. <laughs> Tithing is is a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly opportunity to demonstrate to God your faithfulness, thank his, his God, your God, your faithfulness, your thankfulness, and your commitment to his work on this earth. Next, I want to look at proportionate giving. Percentage giving. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. We're in the New Testament. On the first day of every week, what day is that? Sunday. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collection will have to be made. God takes notice of the attitude of generosity. I'm convinced that many people do not tithe simply because they have not had a proper teaching what the Bible says concerning it. It is not an issue of law or grace. It's an issue of faithfulness. How do we expect a church of this size to be able to operate without money? As I've told you a little while ago, we need approximately $40,000 every week in order to keep, to pay every, what? $40,000 every month. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Effie keeps me honest. <laughs> we need approximately 10000 every week. <laughs> But so, there's a lot of times we don't get that. Five, six, seven. And uh, we've been going behind a little bit as well. But you know something? With the rest of, like the time that is left, with November and December, we can still come out in the black if everyone would tithe. If everybody tithe in this church, we would have more than enough money to do to take care of the operations and to do ministry as well. So, um, when, when, when tithing is approached from the New Testament pers perspective of grace, it is not to be seen as a requirement, but as a privilege. It's a privilege to tithe. We're honoring God's word. Our giving is to be done as the Lord has prospered us in accordance with the working of the Spirit, never according to the law. So you don't have to get religious about your giving. You know, whether you give 
much or little. That's not the thing. In, in the Old Testament, they had to tithe. It was a command of God in the, in, the, in the law. It was included in the law, and they had to tithe. When you get over to the book of Malachi, we find that the, that the Jews were not, were not tithing. Although they had the law and they were commanded to do it, still they weren't doing it. And Malachi tells them, you know, like, you are robbing God because you're, you're not doing something that God has commanded you to do. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be room, there may be, there may be, may be meat in my, in my father's house. You know something? In that day, the economy was different than it is today. And if you had a sheep or a cow and a goat or something, you were, you were prosperous, more than having some money in your purse. Today, if you bring us a cow, we're going to have to go through the trouble of taking it to the auction and selling it and all of that stuff, right? So in this generation in which we live, it's a portion of the money that you get from week to week or month to month or, or quarter to quarter, or however it works for you. In view of this, giving is a matter of the grace work of God in our hearts, in a believer's heart. Actually, this means giving more, not less, if the believer is walking closely with the Lord and is giving as one has, who has uh, the f- first given himself to the Lord, it's amazing what the Lord will lay up on your heart to do. Under the law, there was no option. Tithe was paid. Under grace, we are, we are to give of our own free will. I tithe because the Bible teaches it. The Old Testament set the pattern of 10%, and I like that. I go with that. We, t- we pay 10% of our salary and all of our income and my old age pension, when that comes in, the CPP, all of that, we tithe from that. But then we also give to missions. We give, we give to other, other organizations and things that, that come up from time to time that we feel quickened within our heart. To do. Um, in the Old Testament, the law of Moses required the tithe. The New Testament, apart from Jesus' exhortation to the Pharisees in the Gospels, do not specify a certain percentage point in our giving. It just says, as the Lord prospered you. That's percentage. As the Lord, a certain amount of what has the Lord prospered you. The Jews were under compulsion to pay it. New Testament teaching on giving focuses on its voluntary character. Abraham and Jacob were doing this long before the institution of the law. It is what all Christians should be doing today. We, with most Bible-believing churches, suggest 10% of a tithe. But the Pentecostal Assemblies of God churches will not come down on you because you're not tithing. But at the same time, we teach it and we believe it 
and we leave it up to each individual of what you will give. Our example for giving is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. He gave everything he had, including his very life, to redeem you and I. The blessing of giving. I love to talk about the blessing of giving. Because God really blesses. Tithing is a spiritual discipline that leads us to enjoy God's blessings. However, we should not compare God to a bank with a guaranteed rate of interest. Giving $50 in the offering this morning does not guarantee you $500 this week. It could, but it's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Obedience to God's way will always produce blessing. Remember, he supplies all your needs. All your needs. You might have a few wants that are out of proportion with what you need. But God will make sure that you have all you need. Pastor Bill Hybels, everybody knows about him, I suppose. He says, don't worry about how God will bless you, your tithe and offerings. He might increase your income. He might lower your expenses. He might sustain your household appliances. He might protect your health. He might keep your car out of the shop. God blesses us in his way, in his time. The law principle of sowing and reaping in the New Testament is awesome. It's the law of sowing and reaping or the principle of sowing and reaping, not the law of Moses, no. Okay. So uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 8, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparing, and, and listen, they're talking about giving in this this chapter. So it's, so this is in context with the chapter. It says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Let me say that through you again. We're not laying no, not laying any, any big heavy on you or anything. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have abundance for every good work. In other words, if you have a heart to give, and you give, God will make sure you will always have something to give. Amen? Amen? Jesus teaches this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, he says, Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, 
will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The promise of blessing in the Old Testament is awesome as well. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will, he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail or bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. You will be blessed if you tithe. That was in the Old Testament. And I don't think that, that just because Jesus came and brought us into the, 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 the area of grace uh, doesn't mean that uh, we can just ignore, ignore this. I believe that for everyone, we're not commanded to do it today, but if we will do it, the same blessing that was, that was promised to those people back then is the same blessing that will be upon God's people in the church today. Great blessing is in giving. The giver is more blessed than the receiver. That's what Jesus said. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he has said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I just want you to know something. Don't go looking in, don't go looking in the, uh, the Gospels to find out where Jesus said that because you can't find it there. Amen? But he must have said it or other they wouldn't have said it. Amen? So there's a lot of things. The Bible says there's not enough books. There's not enough books to contain in the world to contain all the things that Jesus said and did. Amen? Uh, when, when God blesses you through the dark night of the soul, pass it on. And a lot of us go through some very heavy, difficult things. You know, like, you're just, I mean, you don't know how you're going to get through it. You don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. But you pray and say, Lord, I believe your word. I stand on your word. I believe your promises, and I believe you're going to take me through this. I don't know how, but I just hold on. I keep believing. And then one day, you realize that God has blessed you, and you're coming out of that darkness, and you're coming back into the light. The sun is shining in your heart again, in your life again. Maybe you've had a, a, a terrible experience in your marriage and, you, and, and your marriage broke up and you never thought that you would ever live again. You felt like dying. It was just so bad and so hard upon you. And the healing takes place as you prayed and you believed and you got believers to pray and believe with you. And, and the healing takes place. And then one day, God brings you to somebody else, and it's, and it's happened in this, in this room right now. I know some of you that that has happened to you, and God has is, is re repaired and restored you, and you've got a happy married life today. 
You see, you got to trust God. you got to believe him. And it's the same way with giving. If you don't step out and say, Lord, I'm going to honor you in giving. I'm going to honor you in tithing. You will never know the blessing that is promised to those who give into his work. When God blesses you with a spiritual ministry gift, use it. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And I'm glad that in this day and age in which we live, the ministry is being, being shared. This is not just the guy who's standing here on Sunday morning and giving a message, but all of you have a work. You've got gifts that you can use for God's glory. So give it. Amen. When God blesses you materially, use it to be a blessing to his kingdom. The principle of sowing and reaping kicks in big time when you're willing to do it, initiate it. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 says, One man gives freely and he gains even more. And then it says, Another withholds unduly and comes to poverty. Do you know that God has chosen us for blessing? It's revealed in God's promise to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. God promised David, this is what promise God gave to Abraham. He said, I will make you a blessing, make you a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless you, and curse them that curse you, and in you will all the families of the earth be blessed. I want to be amongst those that bless the children of Abraham. Amen. The physical seed of Abraham, and also the spiritual seed of Abraham. Amen. You and I are the spiritual seed. Amen. We need to bless each other and bless the work. And there's a whole lot of people that haven't received Jesus Christ as their Savior in Cold Lake that needs to be saved, needs to come into the to relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we don't give, we are just a, a shrinking body of believers. We will never get anywhere if we do not give. We've got to open up our hearts and open up our purses and say, Lord, whatever I have is yours. And let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit direct you. We will never coerce you. We will never try to manipulate you to give. I am giving you something today that is from God's word. And you will notice that I've given you a lot of scripture because, simply because, I don't want you to be influenced by my opinion. I want you to be influenced by the word of God as the Holy Spirit takes his word and makes it real to your heart. Gives you revelation that you probably knew for a long time, but really never really give heed to it to take action on it. Amen. I'm just about through. Hold on here. The blessing of knowing God and who we are in Christ opens up a storehouse of blessing that we have yet to tap into. 
health and healing and physical and spiritual restoration, material provisions, just to name a few. So in conclusion, when we realize how greatly we have been blessed by God, our response should be to give back to him in any and every way we can. When you hear Pastor Mark say we need a few people extra in the nursery, we should have a, just a bunch of people just running out and saying, where do I sign? I'm going to be a part of that. I, you know, like I, I really, I feel that I've paid my dues, like I raised my kids and, and I raised my grandkids, but I can still do something in that area. One Bible teacher put it this way. Though we are not under the law, but under grace, it is unthinkable to, to, from a standpoint of the cross that anyone would give less under grace than the Jews gave under the law. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts today. We ran over a little bit, but that's okay. Amen? There's cookies and coffee out there for you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, we pray that you will bless us today, Lord, as we go to our different homes or we go to, for coffee with somebody at the restaurant somewhere, Lord. But Lord, help us, Lord, to, not to forget your word. Lord, your, your word tells us, Lord, the psalmist said, your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so, Lord, we just ask that you will just direct us by your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Now, if there's anyone that's got a need, I don't care if it's, if it's sickness, if it's a financial need, if you need a job, whatever it may be, let us pray with you and let's see God do something for you. Amen? Amen. So if you have a need, you come. They're going to put on some music there. And you have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.